Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Mindful Talk. Today, Misty and I are talking about self-compassion. Hi, Misty. Hi, Lauren. How are you today? How are you? (laughs) Good to see you. You too. Um, Happy November. Can't believe it. Me either. It's crazy. Where did the year go? Can't believe it. Have you, you, have you started Christmas shopping? Gosh, no. (laughs) I'm a firm believer in Thanksgiving and I really value Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving is all about being grateful and there's no hoopla other than the food, which I dig. So I'm really valuing Thanksgiving. So I've got all the leaves out and all of the pumpkins and that stuff. So nice. So nice. I know. I'm really excited. Today, I was like, I better get my menu together because I do not want to go in to Central Market, which is our big local grocer, of course. I want to place the curbside order, but they're filling up already for Thanksgiving. So I'm like, I got to get myself organized. You know what I did? I did HelloFresh. Yes. The whole meal is coming to us on Wednesday. And then I just cook it and we got fillets and different stuff. <laughs> Yum. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so good. So happy Thanksgiving, early Thanksgiving to everybody. Yes. Well, our topic of self-compassion today, I think is something that relates to everybody. I think a lot of times with, with compassion, it's easier to give than it is to not only receive, but offer to ourselves. I think we're people of giving ourselves a really hard time about things and holding ourselves to often unattainable standards. And self-compassion is something that comes up a lot in mindfulness and meditation circles and practice and training. It's really a cornerstone of the practice. And one of the things that really landed with me about self-compassion is you know, we, as humans, we're never going to get out of this life without pain and suffering, right? It's just part of, part of being on this planet, part of being alive. That's a given, but there's something we do as humans where we feel bad about feeling bad. We feel bad about ourselves for having a low season or a low day or a low moment. And if we can start to see life as an ebb and flow and a big spectrum of everything from joy and happiness to pain and suffering, and none of it stays the same forever. I think there's some grace there and some breathing room. Some of you may have heard this, but it's called the second arrow. We've talked about it on this podcast before. Like the first arrow is the thing that happens. And then the second arrow is, is the feeling of I am bad because I'm not in a good place. You know, and that second arrow, that additional suffering that we lay on top of something is not something that we have to do. And self-compassion really helps us work with that second arrow. I love that. 
explanation of it. Um, I have been, and I haven't talked about this yet, but I will now because I'm kind of okay to talk about it. Um, recently, my dad um, had a cardiac event and subsequently ended up in the ICU. He has some significant brain damage as well as some heart issues. So he's now um, in a long-term care facility and he's on hospice. And it has been as the oldest, um, and he's not married. So as the oldest sibling, a lot of it decision-wise and communication with the hospital and things like that were put on me. And um, well, first of all, the amount of compassion that I felt from my friends was such a good reminder of what in, what a, uh, how important a support system is for you um, in regards to your own self-compassion. Because here I am, I live in New Jersey and my dad's in Texas. And so it's very, very, very easy for me to slip into the, I'm not there. I'm a terrible daughter. I need to get on a plane, you know? And <clears throat> the truth is, you know, I serve the purpose of everything better right where I'm at. And he's where he needs to be. And so I have to take those reminders. And I think about my mindfulness journey. And one of the reasons, and, you know, we always talk about this, like you don't really see your mindfulness practice as it's happening. You see it after the fact. I think about my mindfulness practice and I think about like if this whole thing would have happened six years ago, I would have been such a mess. And during all of this, everyone kept asking me or saying, you're handling everything so well. You seem okay. And I was like, you know what? I am because I was doing exactly what Lauren said. I was telling myself, okay, this is really bad right now. This is really bad. But you know what? Tomorrow's a new day and it'll be different. And it was. And some days have been really great and he's made progress. And some days have been really, really bad. And we think that he's going to pass away. And it's been this roller coaster. But as I've rode the roller coaster, I've just let go of the expectations. And I've also leaned into being very compassionate to myself and what I need in this situation, mostly for myself, but also I know that's what my dad would want too. And so if you're going through something that's really, really, really heavy, it's very easy to turn inward because you've got all these emotions and start just being really hard on yourself. And that's what I was. I started like, I should have done this better as a daughter and I should have gone there for Christmas last year and just all of those things. I would take a breath and I'd say, Misty, you're doing the best you can right now. And right now it's like this. And so <clears throat> self-compassion is actually something in my mindfulness practice that's helped me really move through this because I think, like I said, six years ago, I would have beat myself up so much that I would have been way more stressed and way more anxious about everything that was going on. It's so beautiful. You really, to Misty and I stayed pretty close during that, that really critical week. And, and I had that sense too, of like, I know this is of course, so excruciating for you. And, and I wasn't worried about you. You know what I mean? Like I knew that you had a handle on what was going on. And, and I could just feel from you that you didn't have a sense of 
I shouldn't be feeling like this. You were just letting yourself feel the waves. And I really see this, this idea, not even idea, this real life skill of self-compassion as the thing that alchemizes our anxiety, that alchemizes our stuckness into an energy that we can actually just ride out or even use. Um, it can open us, you know, it kind of break our heart open in those painful moments. We know that even in those, those awful times, there's a lot of beauty. And I think when we can allow compassion in from others and, and give it to ourselves, we can see the beauty in those really challenging moments as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm very thankful for a support system. So if you are somebody, well, let me, let me say this. Think about somebody in your life that you know that you've heard them outwardly talk bad about themselves. Because if someone is outwardly talking bad about themselves, inside is probably 50 times worse, if I had to guess. Like when I say things about myself, like, oh, I wish I could have a facelift. And I said that once to you, like in my head, I'm like, oh, should I get a facelift? You know, and I'm thinking about it all the time. Not that I'm thinking about that. I'm just saying those things happen. And so if you notice that somebody's like that, you need to fill their cup. So this is an example. I know that my husband is super hard on himself. Like I thought I was hard on myself. He's real hard on himself. He's a Marine. He in general is held to high expectations. Um, he's the oldest. He's the oldest son. So, you know, he's just, he prides himself on getting it right and Barrett having the answer. And like, it's okay. You're awesome at everything you do. So give yourself a break. But if he doesn't do it to the way that he needs to do it, then to him, it's not good. And so I just, him and my oldest daughter are pretty much exactly the same. They're just really hard on themselves. And so I constantly am reminding them just little things, you know, you're great at this. Oh, I love that. You're so good at this. And in my head, and I have read about this, the repetitiveness, the just repeating it to them, it will sink in. And, and then they'll start saying that to themselves. Because like I said, I thought I was hard on myself. Those two are way hard on themselves. Yeah. Compassion, really the heart of it is for the life that's right here. You know, it's, yes, it's for the past. Yes. It's for future stuff, but it's really for the moment we're actually living in this very second, you know? So the moment of him having a hard time with his performance, we'll just call it that overall. And, and all the things he does, he has his hands in so many great things, you know? Compassion is for, is for this moment. It's for this moment that feels hard, that we feel like unworthy or not enough. It's falling back into, even if we have to place our hand on our chest, like you would to your daughter who's having a hard time, you would put your hand on her chest or her back and you would say, I did a good job. I did what I was capable of. It might not have gone to plan or been my highest vision, but I showed up and I did as good of a job as I could. And then moving on, you know, moving on because there's nothing we can change about what just happened. And I think it's that moment to moment awareness, that moment to moment compassion that, 
that changes how we feel in the moment. Nothing, we know this, nothing in the outer world will change. It's just how we're living in our inner state that changes. I told I Ella, think, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I tell Ella, I'm like, if you start and, you know, she's a kid, so this is easy for everybody to understand. I'm like, if you start seeing yourself go down that negative train about like, I'm not doing this right and I suck and blah, 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 notice it. And then I want you to tell yourself something you really love about yourself in your head. And so I've actually heard her say things out loud, like almost Tourette's like, I'm smart (laughs) and I'm thinking I've never asked because I don't want to interrupt it, but I think she's seriously having some negative thoughts and that's her way of turning the bus around and saying something good about herself. So if you do that, you don't have to say it out loud, but mindfulness is the awareness that something's happening. And so, and, and like what you're going to do to react to it. And so when you become aware of that, don't beat yourself up. You're human. I do it. Lauren does it. Everybody does it. Now you've noticed it. Now what are you going to do? Okay. So like sometimes you can't get out of that. Like you're, I don't know, maybe you're sitting and you're really, really bored. And so your thoughts are the only thing that are keeping you going. If the thought is going this way, you just need to revert it somewhere else. So think about the things that you're really good at or that you know, or that everybody knows that's what you're about. Yeah, that's good. You know, I think, I think part of being human is the sense of disappointment that somehow we're not really living fully who we want to be, who we thought we would be at this age or who we know we can be, you know, not, not so much with little kids, but for sure with adults, you know, I think living inside of each of us some more than others, of course, because we are all completely unique beings and have completely unique views of the world. But there's the sense of like, I should be here by now. I should be doing this by now. And this isn't my um, phrase, but when you're like shooting all over yourself, (laughs) I can't remember who said that. I was like, so good. So good. When you're shooting all over yourself, it's, it's a, major sign that self-compassion is not in the room with you. I should be here. I should do this. I should let go of this habit. I should, I should, I should is completely bypassing the moment as it is. Right. And what we actually need in that moment is not to be different. We just need to move more into acceptance and compassion for where we are because real change doesn't come from strong arming ourselves and I mean, temporary change can come from that, but I'm going to say maybe lasting happiness doesn't come from changing from that state of lack, right? And that state of should. Um, so I think just really with, with compassion, recognizing that, that being human is pretty hard and social media and the world will tell you everybody else is doing it better. I promise they're not. And every feeling you're feeling, any everybody has felt before. You're never alone in your feelings. And I think sometimes emotional pain can make us feel like we are alone and that nobody has felt this and la, 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 all the things. None of that is true. And just, I don't know, often I'll let myself kind of rest in the the hoop or the net of humanity and all who have felt what I'm feeling, you know, all who have felt doubtful, lost, alone, confused. 
I'm not unique in that. And somehow for me, it, it gives me some solace to know that, you know, even in texts 3000 years old from yoga philosophy, they were talking about this stuff. I'm like, oh, this is part of the human condition. There's nothing wrong with me. You know, I'm very much like that. I, I have a group of girlfriends. You are one of them that, you know, I can ask the same question to and get a variety of answers, but all in all, like you guys are all, you would all say a perfect example. Like if you can't show up to something, I'm not going to be like, send you a passive aggressive text message or be mad. I'm just going to be compassionate that you're human. And I really, really work on it with my kids too, because there's so many things that affect a child that then they show up at school and that affects everything that's going on at school. Same thing with my kids, no different. If they have a crappy morning, I'm sure it bleeds into their school day in some way. And so I try to help them understand, like, I know that stinks that whatever happened to you, you know, someone was mean to you on the playground or whatever it was, definitely stick up for yourself and say, that's not okay. I want to remind you that we need to be compassionate to everyone, especially people that are voicing themselves in such a way, because likely there's something going on inside. And what's great is, is if you repeat it enough, I mean, my five-year-old knows she'll be like, something's probably wrong with them at home. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's broad, but she knows like there might be something else going on and she doesn't necessarily justify people's actions, but she shows some compassion. And that's what I, try to do my best to lead by example. Um, and so I try to like, even when things are really frustrating for me, like I want something done, like a plumber or like our hot water heater was out for three days, but it was in the middle of this guy. And he was taking care of this family that had like five kids. And so I'm like, okay, well, I've got two, they got five. I'm just going to wait my turn, you know? And I could have been not compassionate about that situation, but I was, and I was fine. Yeah. I think it allows us to realize there's a huge world and it's not just our little insular house that matters. You know what I mean? It helps us realize there's a massive dynamic happening outside of our little unit of self and family. And, and kind of like you said, it helps you, if you can't put yourself in someone else's shoes, then you can recognize that they have different shoes than you do, which is what your daughter's able to do, like they must have something going on at home, you know? Well, and, and it's such an important trait to have right now because most people, I would say everybody's got something going on. Um, even if it's just worry, do you know what I mean? Like sometimes, and I, I, this is a practice for me, I get in that, ooh, things are really still and kind of wonderful. I wonder what's next, you know? And then I'm like, no. Enjoy the now because, like we discussed before, life's a roller coaster and you never know what's next. So, live right now and be compassionate to myself that, hey, life's good right now, you know? And sometimes it's like we really do have a hard time just saying that. Totally. Definitely. Well, some homework for self compassion. What do you say? offering the little assignment of the next time you're in a, a challenging situation, a hard situation, whether it's 
physically, emotionally, mentally, you're like that feeling of stuck. We all know that feeling of stuck. Can you then, and it's really hard to do when you're in it, you know, when you're in a state of fight, flight, freeze, it's really hard to have perspective. So just take this assignment lightly. And if you can't do it, it's okay. So choose something maybe smallish the next time you feel stuck. Can you, can you pause for a moment and notice, is my train of thought layering more into this? Am I infusing more pain into this already painful stuck situation by the way I'm thinking about this? Am I saying things to myself like, my job stinks, my small business is really bad, my health is bad, my face is too wrinkly? That's all the extra stuff that we say to ourselves when we're already struggling with something. Um, even saying like, I shouldn't feel this way. Oh my gosh, that's such a big one. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be this way. Like, no, stop yourself in your tracks and say, you know what, self, you're having a hard time right now and it's okay. You know, sometimes I have to like snap myself out of it. It gets so strong, but just no, no, right now it's like this. Right now, my mind is like this. Right now, this relationship is like this. It won't be like this forever. I love that practice. And I love the practice of connecting with yourself, like putting your hand to your heart, um, because quite frankly, it's a pep talk for yourself. And sometimes we need a pep talk for ourselves. So if you can't give yourself a pep talk, I would say call somebody and say, I just need to give, just give me a pep talk. And then, you know, like I've had to do it with my friends and they've been like, you're kind, you're compassionate, you're giving, you do, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I do do all those things. <laughs> so just remember to be kind to yourself because we are all humans. We all make mistakes. How we bounce back is the important part. And so if you are compassionate with yourself and tell yourself right now it's like this, you'll get to the other side. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today and listening, and we will see you guys very soon. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.